No Block, No Rock. Season 2, Episode 12. Three-Man Weave. Kyle Byers, Mike Delaware, Jared Hall. Coming at you. Post-Ohio State. Another close. Ding. Loss. Oh, it's close. so close. Ding. So close. Pavlov's dog. You ever heard that? Wherever there's a ding, the dog starts salivating. That's Nebraska football. Close. Ding. 26-17. Not a one-score loss, though. Nope. Not a one-score loss. Very, very close. Ding. Two one-score loss. Um, Once again, once again, once again. Defense, defense, defense. Showing up. JoJo once, Doman. Once again, JoJo Doman. You know, probably his... Last game in a Husker uniform, you know, with like, I guess he's injured to the point of not being able to play these pl- next two weeks. He played fine on Saturday, so I, I, I don't. I've been hearing he's injured. I don't yeah, I, I Scott said after the game that JoJo Doman, uh, this would not be him opting out, but it didn't sound like he'd be playing the rest of the season. So to me, it's probably closer to an opt out, <laughs> and maybe those are the optics, maybe <laughs> that that he wants you to. See or perceive or however you want to do I it. I think I think we're going to get a good look at uh, what we're looking at on defense for next year. I think we're going to get a lot of young guys out there for the next two games. Um, but just yeah, I mean, if that was JoJo's last game, I mean, that was his you know coming out party NFL tape game. You know, he yeah. played very well. He played well. He definitely rebounded because against Purdue, he had a lot of missed tackles and yeah. sometimes looked a little lost out there. And he was a whole different guy. He was back to himself, flying all around the ball, had a really cool interception, mm-hmm. almost had a second one that looked the exact same, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then doing that against NFL talent like Ohio State and the way that this defense played against this explosive offense, the best offense in the country, nonetheless. So it, it's it's just Nebraska. That like that that is it. Of course. Back to our of course. Of course. That is Nebraska. We showed up again versus a top five team. Yeah. And so close. Ding. But so far. <laughs> the D de- I mean, look, man. Defense uh, one more uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. They had the big play. For you know, seventy something yards in Jigba for the touchdown. Uh, but like, other than that, man, forcing turnovers, forcing three and outs on a regular basis. Once again, like I don't know, it's just this wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be how it how it is. It just wasn't supposed to be this way. But it is this way. Uh, fourth year, the defense being the the bastion and the strength of the team. It's it's nice to see. I mean, I like seeing that because that's the style of football that I like to see. But yeah, if you would ask me four years ago that, hey, do you think that what do you think the defense is going to be like? I'd be like, well, Chins would have been fired in year two. Yeah, you I know. I, I remember, UCF defense. Yeah, I remember like Scott Frost lets everybody know like, oh yeah, I'm bringing my whole staff with me basically, and it came time to start looking at the defense, and everybody's like. Oh boy, we're gonna be in trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, that's and and you're right. It's like Eric Chenander has just he better be asking for a pay raise, and we'll get into the the whirlwind <laughs> what, that the, has happened today. Do, do but, we just do we just get into it? Like, let's, look, let's dive head look, first. They lost Ohio we? State. Another close ding loss. Forced two turnovers. The offense kaput. Again, Adrian completing about 50% of his passes, missed a lot of yeah. open guys, had made some plays because that's what he does. He's an athlete. Sure. And he, he makes plays. And yeah. Toure got his, you know, he got two, two catches for 300 yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he's on the Bolitnikoff uh, watch mm-hmm. list, which God knows he's not going to win that because no, quarterback I mean, play hasn't been there all year for him. But good for him. Uh, I mean, nice to be on that list. Maybe it'll help yeah. him with his draft stock. Maybe. But let's get into what happened today. Breaking news. Ding if you get your information from No Block No Rock, I'm sorry, first off. <laughs> we're late every Sad. time. Yeah, you know, we're always late to the party. But breaking news, Scott Frost will be back for 2022. Yes, he will. Also breaking news, Scott Frost has fired four members of this staff. Effective All immediately. Yeah. Effective immediately. All on offense. All on offense. Lubick, Greg Austin, Mario Verdusco. And Ryan Held, which is surprising. All uh, out, you know, like Ryan Held, uh, good recruiter, 
really has his foot in the JUCO game, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. I mean, we haven't really seen a lot of JUCO talent on this team besides maybe Feldarius Payne. But yeah. I was a little surprised about that one. And Lubick essentially just being the punching bag fall guy. Right. But let's let's talk about this a little bit. Sure. Doesn't this tell you that Scott Frost will no longer be calling the plays and the offense here at Nebraska? It has to, right? Okay. There, There's a caveat to that, though. If we pull some random OC, right, in and the assumption is that Scott Frost is still going to be calling the plays, you, they're not going to pay him jack shit to be there, okay? If you bring an OC in and you pay him a heavy chunk of change, then you could say, okay, Scott Frost is probably giving up that responsibility and right. letting this person take over. It's going gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna to tell you everything you need to know depending on how much they pay that offensive coordinator because if they pay him hardly anything, it's like, okay, well, he's just here to be the punching bag. If they if he bring him in for a mill, you know he, they mean business, and he they're they're basically saying like Scott, move the fuck out of the way. We're bringing this guy in to start calling the shots on offense. So, to your point, Kyle, I don't think it'd be a monetary thing. I think what's really going to tell you if we are changing and if Scott Frost will be calling the plays is if you bring in a guy who runs a pro style or a Iowa slash Wisconsin type offense, a Big Ten offense. Yeah. If you bring in another spread guy then I think it's going to be a lot of the same. But if you're bringing in a guy with a completely different voice, that tells you right there that Scott Frost will no longer be calling the plays, which this will be the first time in his career that he can actually look at the team big picture and see everything that's going on around him. CEO. And that's what you guys want, right? That's what all these fans and listeners, the people that want to keep Scott Frost, Hmm. they're keeping him because that's his name and that's a face. So if you want him to be the face of your program, it's going to be him not calling the plays. It's going to be just his face and him being an actual head coach and not a play caller, offensive guru, offensive mind type guy. It's going to be Scott Frost, the head coach, not Scott Frost, the offensive mind guy. Yeah. And I think and I agree with you, Mike. Um, I think another big thing is it also depends on the personality that you bring into the program. You bring in somebody that's been around the block for the longest time. They're not going to come in here and they're not going to take a back seat to Scott Frost. If you brought me here to be an offensive coordinator, I'm going to be an offensive coordinator and you're mm-hmm. going to let me do my job. It reminds me of uh, Bob Diaco coming in and literally, I, I forget who it was that told us, when he came in, he just started taking over like practice and stuff. I, I feel like it'd be like kind of the same thing. You bring in somebody that's been around the block, they're going to take over, right? You bring in somebody that doesn't have as much experience, you might, it's just going to be Scott Frost. Yeah, still. if you're like a, if you're OC out there and you, you come on board to this staff with Frost. It's like, hmm. On one hand, you know, if if I have pride, I be I'm I'm going to be calling the plays, right? Frost, you you be the CEO guy. Let me call the plays. Or I'm like, hmm. Frost is still calling the plays. Yeah, I'll go there and get me my nice cushy mill plus, and just let him let him call the plays. He'll you know eventually get fired. I'll get I'll get a nice payday. That's kind of I mean, isn't that what kind of what Lubick did? That's what Lubick did. Listen, I don't know what Lubick did. I don't mean to like say he didn't do anything. I'm sure he did something. I'm sure. But Mike, I mean, you guys said that he's just the fall guy. He's just the face that's he's that's the taking the punches, guy. right? Yeah, he's the punch. Straight bag. Mike Tyson. Just yeah, one punch, one punch knockout. Okay, but it's like, okay, what were we going to say? What else? So we're moving on to our third offensive coordinator in five years under Scott Frost. Just to keep Scott Frost, we have to have our third offensive coordinator. God, I didn't even think about Troy Walters. Didn't even think of it. Yeah. It, Lubick hasn't even been here since day one. It it was literally Troy Walters was the fall guy because the offense didn't work. Then it was Lubick's the fall guy for the, now the offense isn't working. There's still one denominator that is not getting... Any blame, wow. and it's Scott Frost. I don't know if, let's just, so we did mention Ryan Held, and it's like, not terribly surprised. I, you know, it's been a carousel back there in the running back room. You saw Marky Step come in. Uh, Very you know, odd. Th- didn't see him for a while, and then, oh, he's he's in there at a, at a critical junction of the game. Okay, sure. Yeah. Fuck it. And fuck I'm, Yant. You know, uh, like, yeah, Yant's n- been your guy, and, and just all of a sudden, now, nah, Ramirez gets hurt. I'm Yant's. sure, yeah, I don't know what Ramirez's issue is. Where's Yant? And then, yeah, Step just comes in out of nowhere. So, Held's gone. 
you know, you got Greg Austin, right? It's like at what at what point is Greg Austin just coaching the O line the way that Frost like kind of tells him to? You know, I don't know. The offensive line has been trash all year. It just it's been has. Bad. The the only bright spot is Jurgens. I mean, Jurgens has has been a beast all year. Yep. And then you know Ver, Verdusco. Okay, Verdusco. Um, what did he even freaking do here? <laughs> yeah, that should have happened early. It should, he should have been gone earlier. I don't know. Special teams coach, we've beat that horse ad nauseum. Tell me uh, what Verdusco, and we we talked about this. What could he know. have possibly done when you have Matt Lubick, who's been a quarterback coach? You have Scott Frost, yeah. who was a quarterback and a quarterbacks coach, and an OC and all that stuff. So it's like, what did he actually do? And you saw. <laughs> And it really makes you wonder, okay, what did he actually do? Because the quarterback position has not developed at all. It, it's been bad. Dude, I mean, you refuse to play a backup because you don't trust them as much as you do with, than a guy with a broken jaw and a high ankle sprain. Yeah, that's that's the most telling that's fact. That's damning, isn't it? Yeah, that's the most telling uh, telling fact of the whole situation over Frost's tenure here, and especially with Verdusco since he's been here, yeah. is... Time and time again, we keep seeing these quarterbacks that have to replace. You've got Adrian Martinez. We've said this all year is that the guy is going to get hurt. He's going to have to sit down. Somebody's going to have to come in and take his spot. Now you come out and you say, okay, the guy's playing with a broken jaw. Six screws. His spine is broken. Like, you know what I mean? He's he's hurt, right? We knew it would happen. Yeah. So where are the backups? We saw it with Luke McCaffrey. He didn't get developed. He's gone. Right. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Martinez. We've seen him. I mean, we've seen him up and down, up and down, up and down. He plays great. He plays bad. It. You never really know what's gonna what what Adrian Martinez you're gonna get. Right. But the most damning thing is the fact that outside of Adrian Martinez, you can tell they put all of their eggs in one basket. And if you've got a quarterback coach specifically meant to develop quarterbacks, every single one of those quarterbacks should be ready to play at, on any Saturday. I could see them not wanting to play some others. If we if not we, if Nebraska was what they're three and seven now, maybe if they were, you know, five and two at the time or something like that, and they were contending for the West and like, you know, Adrian although he has been the anchor for this team, they are three and seven after all. And at what point do you say, gosh, maybe I should take out my my guy with a broken jaw and a high ankle sprain and try something different. We mentioned it. I had mentioned it last week. I think ever since he made that Luke McCaffrey substitution, and that didn't exactly work out. Um, I think he's he was afraid to make that change to uh, Logan Smothers. But yeah, I could see if they were contending for the West. Like, oh, I don't know if I want to bring my backup in. I mean, this is a must-win conference game. We're trying to win the West, but at this point, you know, it's kind of like that fourth down play where they kick the field goal. You know your kickers suck. You're three. You were three and six at the time. You're going nowhere. What do you have to lose? Just go for the win, right? I'm all for going for it on fourth down. I that whole Michigan thing. I was gung ho about it. They were technically still in contention for the West. It was fourth and one near the goal line. Go for it. But it's fourth and four. Your kickers are unproven. Is a nice way to say. Just the very nice way to say. <laughs> just go for it, man. You got nothing to lose. You're not making a ball. Sorry if that was loud. Just go for it. But anyway, so those are the four guys out. Obviously, Becton is the only guy that's staying. But on defense, everyone's intact. Chinander, rightfully so, has not been let go of his duties. Um, you still got Travis Fisher. And you've got Rude. Barrett. Barrett Rude. I'm just, I'm just kind of scared that other teams, look, I I know Chins is is a Frost guy. That's his buddy. Yeah, he ain't going anywhere. You know, and it's like even if he gets a better offer, I think Chins would be like, oh, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm pretty loyal. Uh, Travis Fisher, he stayed around, but he's gauged pretty significant interest. Yeah, it makes you kind of nervous. Like, does he see the writing on the wall here? He's all these new guys coming in. If it doesn't work, you know, am I am I going to be on an island here? He might be looking around. There's going to be other teams vying for his services. And what 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 assistance are you going to bring in, right? You look at Frost, and it's, in my opinion, is not going to work. In my opinion. So if you're an assistant and you're looking at Frost, you go, why would I go with it? Why would I uproot everything to go there? 
for a guy that's probably not going to be there for next year. You know, unless you sign him, make him sign a two-year contract or something. And then if it, but if it doesn't work next year, you say Frost didn't wasn't able to to um, establish a rapport or a chemistry with his new assistant. So we should give him one more year. Oh, it just keeps going like that. But I'm sorry, Kyle, you were going to say something. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm going to answer your question about like what would drive anyone to show up to Nebraska, right? We have talked about all year that we have the best recruiting class in the West, damn near every single year. Ooh. You see an opportunity, any coach, any player, they're all competitive, right? If I'm Scott Frost and I'm looking for an offensive coordinator, you say, look, I'm giving you the reins. Look at the talent we have on the West. Look at the competition we're facing, okay, in 2022. Look at the competition we're facing in the West. We could easily win the West. We've said it every single year since Frost has been here. That's been one of our biggest gripes. But if you're an assistant, who is still the head guy? The head guy is still Scott Frost, so that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying you have to be given the reins, and that's what you know. Mike and I have kind of alluded to uh, earlier is that in order for this to actually work, and this isn't just a band aid, Scott Frost has to give up those duties. He has to. There's there's no ifs ands or buts about it. You have to bring in somebody that knows what they're doing, and you have to give them the reins, and you have to give them the power that they're supposed to have. Yeah, there can't be this like, oh, I was calling half, they were calling half. It doesn't work that way, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. I just, I think what you're going to do is you're going to bring in someone who already has ties to the program. You'll probably bring in guys that you'll find more Nebraska guys. I mean, you're going to have to go find guys that want to come back home <laughs> for, you know, frost S stuff. So you need to go think outside the box. I know if we want to talk a little bit about special teams and it's been we have the worst special teams in the country. You guys can go look it up. It showed itself again on Saturday. Yep. Now, I, I would think Frost has learned his lesson that you need a full time special teams coordinator. I think the moves were made to now have a available spot to have a coach to be there full time to take on that job. Right now, if Bill Bush isn't your guy, I don't know if he is or not, it, but if Bill Bush is not your guy. You need to go get an established special teams coordinator because obviously we Frost does not want anything to do with special teams because mm -hmm. if he did, the special teams would not look like it has all year. Correct. I don't know, man. So it seems like things that he doesn't have any. I don't know. Yeah, you're I mean, I don't wanna, I, I, I see where you're going. Yeah. yeah. And, you're, and I mean, you're man. not wrong. He doesn't have any hand in the defensive pot, but that defensive pot is looking pretty golden right now. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I, I do. I do want to at some point, I guess, in this episode, because I do feel bad for as a Nebraska fan. I do feel bad for my, you know, my uh, my buddies as a as a Nebraska fan. Right. Because we're so split. Half says we should fire him. Half says we, we should keep him. The majority, I think, is more willing to just rock with the guy and stick with him. They are. Yes, yeah. they yeah. are. Yeah, yep. the majority, right? And the reason for that is because there are a lot of positives that you can look at. And I would like for us right now, and you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about the negatives behind Scott Frost and the things that, that he could work on or the things that's causing us to go 3 and 7. and 15, 15 could, and 27. 15 and 27. I do want to I do want to focus a little bit because we do spend so much time criticizing, right? right? We do need to kind of look at some of the positives as well. And I know we we kind of touch base on it every once in a while throughout the year, but I think right now specifically just to kind of move past this split and I know Twitter has not been kind to no block no rock because we're we're going hard on that. Yeah, I lose followers all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't have significant followers to begin with, but right. I look at my followers so I'm like, "Oh, that's a little lower than it was before." Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's fine. That's okay. So, so I do <laughs> I I do I, I think that we should just point out a couple positives, something that we can look forward to for for the future. Before we do that, uh we did put a survey out there in part, into this particular topic and I asked people last week. I said, "You know, for those of you who want Frost return next year as head coach, how many of you guys are boosters? And I gave you guys four options on the survey. It was, you know, four season ticket holders, right? Yes. And I, I am a season ticket holder and, and yep, same here. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's one of these things. It's like, okay. <clears throat> yes. I am a season ticket holder and I support Scott Frost out of the 145 votes that we had. 19% of them said, yes, I am a season ticket holder. The 49% of people said, no, I'm not a season ticket holder, but I support right. Scott Frost. Sure. Which is kind of what I expected. 
Like yeah. I expected the loud voices, the people that really want him to return, which you guys got your wish, but I expected it to be just like this. Okay, so I'm not invested in this this but this product on the field, but I really think he should come back. Now, the one thing that did surprise me is the 12 I only had 12% of people say that that are season ticket holders to make a change. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit surprising. Yeah, I mean, look, man. See, Kyle, I don't. It's not. I don't think it's. It's not fifty-fifty. I mean, no, it's not. It's like it's. It's damn near seventy thirty. Yeah, yeah. And, dude, it makes me sad. I don't want to. I've been saying Kansas, Duke, Vanderbilt. Numbers don't lie, though, right? But people will say, "Don't look just the numbers. Look at the eye test." I tweeted something earlier. I go, "Look, I was the first one to say eye test." For OU and Michigan. I did say it. I did. Then they came out flat at Purdue. Or, I'm sorry. They came out flat at Minnesota. Then they lose Purdue. And then I recall, gosh, that first game against Illinois. That first game of the year. You got your straight doors blown off. You were you were losing by three touchdowns at one point. Fans don't expect much anymore. And, you know, I, it's, it makes me it makes me a little sad. Personally, and I want to make it very clear, I'm not a season ticket holder. I have nothing invested. I can't imagine, okay, we everybody was fucking, everybody wanted to blow the place up as soon as Polini was fired. I was one of them. I was like, dude, what are you people doing? Because you just set us back, right? The guy was winning nine games a year, and we still fired him, okay? Then we go through the Mike Riley era. That was painful. Now we're sitting through the Scott Frost era. That has been painful. It's been, I mean, look, it's been even more painful though because, yeah, we're not losing, you know. Riley had his losses, man. 62 to three. Yep. You know. Yep. But he, I mean, he still has a better freaking win loss record. What was it? He has to win like 13 straight to match Riley's winning percentage. Like, damn, has it been that? It's been that bad on the win loss. Scale, it's been that bad. That's where we're at, though. As a program, like we're okay with four win seasons. But but the we thing, just are the the thing is though is that I, I I honestly don't think anyone is okay. They are though. Okay, but how can you say that when literally every single week everyone's still blowing up? Us three included. I'm I'm a guy that says okay, give Scott Frost this this one more year, right? right? And next year is not a oh my god, I pray to God we get to a bowl game. Next year is blow the fucking doors off the place. Next year is you don't win eight games and you're out. Is that where we're at though? And you can put me on record. I don't. You, you don't. I think you are, but I think most fans are like we got to make a bowl game. Listen, give them give them a decade. And, um, you know, like regardless, I, regardless. I, w- I would hope the majority isn't saying, oh, I hope we get a bowl game in the fifth year. I hope they're not saying that. Well, and I would hope the majority would, wouldn't be okay with a 3-9 season, but here we are. So, But the thing is, though, you look at Twitter, and nobody likes this. Nobody likes it. Yeah, you guys do. You get Twitter, though. It, they do. I mean, what even do you I- mean? They like three-win seasons. No, but they, they like what they're seeing on the field. They they like... They're not just looking at... They, they say... Compare compare what you're seeing now to what you saw with Riley, and they're saying, "Yeah, I, I like the direction because you're not seeing the 62 to three or 56 to whatever games anymore." Yeah, you're still seeing L's rack up like crazy. You can't beat a Big Ten West team to save your life, right? But we're not getting our doors blown off. Most like not as bad as Riley. Some of Riley's teams did. So yeah, I, most fans are like. Yeah, let, let's just keep going with this because we're not getting blown out as bad as we did. If we're losing this many games a year under Scott Frost, who's been here four years, mm-hmm. imagine what would happen if we took all of this progress, if that's what you want to call it, over four years, and we go to someone brand new. Now you've lost the talent. You've lost the recruits. Now you start over. Where are we at in a year if we get rid of this dude? But that's right. Where are we at in three years if we get rid of this dude? That's that's the the mystery. That's the golden question, right? Yeah. But my angle on this is that if you do that, if you if we have seen progressive or progression yeah. over the last four years, and you can't say we have not, what happens next year when we completely start over? If we're still losing all these games in year four, 
under the same guy who has shown us that he's not being blown out by the number two team, by the number five team, by the number eight team. What is going to happen when all of that starts over? But that's the problem is that this is your four and there isn't progression. You aren't beating the teams you are favored to beat. You have a four-year starting quarterback. You have a senior lead in defense. That like this is supposed to be the best it's ever been this year for and, everyone though. And you're going three and nine for everyone though. It's supposed to be what the best mean? for everyone because of COVID. This is supposed to be the best year for everyone that had any sort of percentage of returning starters. Northwestern, you see what happened to them. They got shit on by every single well, person no, they've played they this had, year. They had their whole defense left. That's what I'm saying. Is that anyone that had a percentage of people coming back, this is supposed to be their best year. Is it not? I mean, you'd, we'd have to look at... So, I would have to look at, relook at the numbers well, we of how many... We have three guys. It, it, we're literally talking about three guys. Some of these teams... Like, some of these teams don't even have any guys that came back. Like, and like... I, we, I guess I guess we will have to go back and look at our opponents and how what percentage they have coming back. But all, all I'm right. saying is because of the COVID year, we we can't sit here and say like, oh, this is supposed to be our best year, but not anyone else's because everyone else had people come back. Everyone else. Well, I mean, it's not just us that have been saying that. I mean, the team themselves said it. They said, look, our expectations, it's not three wins in year four. No, it's not. And I totally agree three with Three wins in year four. I totally agree. And with at that. what point? So, are you telling me that next year we're going we're going to beat Oklahoma? Now we're going to beat Oklahoma next year. We have to because it was because it was close this year. So, like my whole point is we're close, but okay, you have to start putting the W's by the schedule now. You can't just keep losing by three, by five, by six, by seven, by eight, and just keep doing it over and over and say we're close because that's. That's what's happening. Those are called so losses. You have to beat OU yeah. at home next year now. Yeah. Like that's that's what that's what you guys are saying. Like you have Purdue that beats Michigan State. Like why can't why can't every other team? Every other shit team. It happens every week. A shit team upsets another team. We can't freaking do it. We can't beat a team that we're not supposed to. However, we will lose to a team we're supposed to be. That happens all the fucking freaking time. That's that happened three times this year. We we catch we catch L's like it's like it's Randy Moss, man. Like yeah, it's just my my whole problem is you keep saying close, you keep saying close. It keeps happening. At what point does it just end with the whole close thing? And you actually do it. Yeah. So are you saying next year is you're gonna see you're gonna see nine wins? You have to. You have to. That's all I'm saying is, okay. is you have to in order for this not to just be a Band-Aid like what Mike has said. It, right. it, if you are if you don't win eight games next year, at least, I mean, what what was the point? Because you started over, right, with your whole offensive staff, and we gave you that extra. We renegotiated your contract, which is the whole point of renegotiating a contract, mm-hmm. is there are high expectations from the people above Scott Frost. They believe in him enough to bring him back a year, but they also reconvened his his contract for a reason if you're if you're getting a press release in year four and you're getting your contract renegotiated you're not doing good no right i mean but if as a fan you're not looking at this situation and going things are things are fine yeah his whole contract got renegotiated and your ad has to come out and say we're keeping him you get you guys quit we're we're keeping him everything's everything's fine though yeah, it's enough. There, there is there. This is absolutely a hail mary, and I don't, I don't, I, I think that that is the best way to describe it. It's a hail mary by Trev Alberts to say, look, I have seen enough, where we're competitive in all the games we should be, and God, God love him, we're not winning the games we should be. But you're seeing you, you can't tell me because we've said every single week that we're not seeing some sort of progression. We've said it every my, week. My only other issue, right, with that is. The issues that you are seeing, with all, even in all these close games, it's always the same stuff. It's, it is. I think it's head coach-centric stuff. Yes. Like dumb, like game management, head coach stuff. Turnovers, penalties, not emphasizing certain aspects of the game because you, you, know, you don't have a, a coach or, you know, I think maybe you've you haven't recruited or focused on that side of the ball. I mean, special teams. 
these are all things that are like head coach centric where in in all these close games i think if you had a different head coach you would see wins that's, out of these games that's exactly that's, what i agree with too. you know what i mean if it wasn't scott frost on the sidelines and it was someone more competent in my opinion these wouldn't just be close losses they would be close wins yep you know what i mean i think it's frost who is the problem because if it was someone else they'd be pulling these out that's just what i think we said it again we said that same thing about bill callahan we said the same thing about mike riley the thing is is that <laughs> we can't keep starting over every four years it you i don't care you can if they suck but the thing is is that you got to find the right guy the thing is that they don't suck man they, they do they don't. If they're you, gonna be if, three and nine. If you guys, if you guys are saying that Scott Frost is the problem, then the team doesn't suck, right? I can't say that the team sucks. I think there's enough because talent there's on talent that on team, team. Yeah. to win games. But if there was somebody else pulling the strings, you would have you would win the games you're supposed to win. Which is what we said about Bill Callahan. Which is what we said about Mike Riley. Uh, no, well, not no. Mike Riley because nobody no, knew who the, who the hell he was. No, Bill Callahan brought in great talent. Too. I mean, he had top five class. He was a and, hell of a recruiter. And those teams didn't turn out so great. And, and, he, got, and he got right because he's not a good head coach. That's why name name a head coaching job that Bill Callen got after us. None. None. No head coaching job, right? Yeah. Name a head Bo, coaching job that Bo, Bo Pelini got offered. He got Youngstown State. Youngstown State. You're telling, like, he, and he had quite a resume. Seven seasons of nine wins. I mean, that's a heck of a resume. Mm -hmm. He gets let go. Why isn't nearly every team knocking down his door and saying, dude, we need you as our head coach. You won nine games in the Big 12 and the Big 10 every year. Didn't have another head coaching job. He's not even coaching anymore, I don't think. Nope. Mike Riley, you know, I'm not going to defend the Mike Riley hire. It's that was not a, a, it was a not, bad hire. It just was. And I think a lot of, a lot of fans have PTSD from the Mike Riley situation. I think you're everybody is comparing... Like, people are not thinking big picture. Okay, we went from Bo Pelini that won nine games a year to Mike Riley. And, and everybody's thinking that if you fire Scott Frost, you're going to hire another Mike Riley. That's not the case. You have to make the you, right hire. You have to make the right That's hire. That's all. And you, you know what? If you got to restart, you just do. That's what every program does. If it doesn't work, you say, okay, I mean. I was wrong. You're telling me four years isn't enough to be like, all right, three and nine in year four isn't enough to be like, all right. Let's run it back. You're finishing. You, you're going to finish last in the West. They didn't even include Nebraska on a graphic on TV. Big Ten West standings didn't even show Nebraska's name. This is what we get in year four. I mean, I, I don't like it. I'm just saying. I'm on. I'm. I'm on either side of the fence. I could see them firing him. I could see them keeping him. Sure. And my side of my side of it is, I can't stand to watch another restart. I can stand to watch a restart if it's the right hire. Yeah. And what if it isn't? Then you start again. And you That's impossible. You can't not, do it. You can't. You, you can't do what? it. You have to. If we're listen, if, if we Alabama had, did it. If, Alabama hired, 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 hired. And they found one. Oklahoma hired, 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 hired. They found one. Nebraska before Devaney hired, hired, hired. Oh, there's Bob Devaney. That worked. Dude, every every program you don't just give up. You, you guys, don't go, you don't go three and nine and go. All right, we just have to keep on three and four one seasons for the rest of our lives because we're giving up now. We're giving up. But you guys are scared it yourselves. What kind of destination is Nebraska? Who wants to come to Nebraska? You guys have said it yourself. So the right hire needs to be someone that wants to come to Nebraska. You're right. right. So find someone that wants to come here. Find someone that will do better than three and nine in year four. You think that's an impossible that's task easy. of asking someone? That's easy. Even Mike Riley did it. And Mike Riley was a terrible hire. And we're saying that right now. Mike Riley was rocking Pelini's players. Dude. The Scott Frost the is rocking Scott Frost players, and he's he's 3-9. Right. I mean, he's, everyone on this roster. Everybody on this roster is a Scott even, Frost guy. Even, even some guys on the defense are Riley dudes because they were here when he was here. So, like, you're, most of this team that you're seeing, though, is Frost guys. And 3-9 and in your 4. They're bad. They're really bad. Okay, there's a coach out there that can do better than that. All I'm saying is you start over right now. You're already at three wins a year. You start over now. Where are you going to be at in a year, two years? But you don't, you're just assuming that it, that's going to always And you guys like are that. assuming that it's just going to skyrocket after somebody uh, new. No, no, no. Dude, our expectations are so low now. I just don't want 
to finish last in the West in year four. I don't think that's unreasonable. It's not unreasonable, but all I'm saying is on the discussion of is it smart to keep Scott Frost and bringing in all new offensive personnel, or is it getting rid of him and starting completely over and restarting this process over again? Which one is more is smarter? I'll Are we going to lose 25 mil and bring in a new person, start completely over, lose all the talent we've got? Or looking at this year, staying competitive in all the games that we haven't in the last 10 years. Still losing. Still losing, but not losing by 50 like we have been for 10 years. Is it smarter to lose 25 mil and throw away the progressive that we've seen? 25 mil if you consider the buyouts of all the coaches on the team. I mean, I don't know how many times i got to say this. Blue blue bloods don't care about money. They don't. don't. I'll say this, though. Let's say we get rid of Frost. Yep. And coach that comes in goes four and eight, right? Not ideal. I would rather a first year head coach go four and eight than a fifth or sixth year head coach go four and eight. Which is what, which is what, I'm not saying that's what Frost would do. I'm saying if you're asking me, we got to keep Frost because he's going to go five and seven in year five. Okay, but if I make a new hire and they go five and seven in year one, I, that's much more preferable in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying year five has to be eight wins or better or get the fuck out. But I don't think that's going to happen. See, but now you're asking them to skyrocket because yeah. how eight, can in how year can five? You, yeah, how that's can what you guys ex- are asking for? No. 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 In year five? What no. do you mean? You just said. No. Listen, I'm saying the expectations have been set so low. Yeah. Six. I said six this year, and they're going to reach three. Like I want, I just want a bulk game, bulk game. Yeah, bulk. But next year, if That's Scott it. Frost goes six and six, he needs to be relieved of his duties because six and six in year five, and a lot of these Husker right. fans, a lot of the guys, everybody that wants to keep Scott Frost, you're going to say that's progress. You're going to say you made your first bowl game. Sure are. We made a bowl game. It's progress. It's better than three and nine. Weeks, week schedule, week schedule though. But nobody's going to even acknowledge that. They're going to say, Scott Frost, he made a bowl game, so he deserves another year. Oh, then Scott Frost is going to go 6-6 six and six again. Oh, he deserves another year. I, like, right. that's they the they didn't go down and win, so now they're good. He's good. So that's the reason I was – I'm a big Scott Frost guy. I loved him as you know, loved him as a coach, loved the hire. But now I'm at the point this is just a Band-Aid. This is very similar to the Frank Solich situation where you, you force staff changes for something that was inevitable. You are going to fire him anyways. Scott Frost, he's only here because his name is Scott Frost. It's not because the way the guys are playing. It is not because the way the guys are playing. It's not because they're close losses. It's because his name is Scott Frost and he was born in Nebraska. That is the only reason he is still our head coach. Because that's what fans want. They want his face on our brand. That's it. They they don't care about going 3-9. and nine. The fans are over it. They, they don't care. As long as Scott Frost is the head coach in Nebraska, they are happy, which is very sad. Kyle, all I ask is don't, don't be scared. Don't be afraid to make changes. Now, people are going to say, but I want consistency. I don't, I don't like changes. I want consistency, right? I like consistency when it's good consistency. I hate bad and losing consistency, which is all this is. So why not take the chance, get someone new? If it doesn't work in three, four years, you just got to do it again. You can't just give up. You can't lay down and say, all right, I guess we're just going to go four and eight for the rest of our lives at a blue blood program with these fans that are becoming more and more apathetic, even though they're still passionate. They still showed up. You don't just give up, man. In year, in year four, you should go better than three and nine. If you are looking at me across this room and assuming that like I just gave up and I'm okay with three wins, obviously we have not sat across to each other and talked for a year. All I'm saying is that I am a guy that says this last year is what Scott Frost needs. That's it. That's it. That's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I've I've laid out I've laid out my cause. I've laid out my reasoning, and. I don't know what the majority of Nebraska fans assume or think, or if they're okay with three wins a year. I don't think that everyone, I don't think that what you guys are assuming is that the whole population is okay with three wins. 
That's I don't think that's the case. I don't think they're okay with three wins. I think they are accepting three wins because Scott Frost is their coach. They are only doing this. They are only acting this way. Because you got to remember, this is the same fans that fired a nine-win coach. So you're only doing this because Scott Frost is your head coach. Because Scott Frost won you a national championship when he was a quarterback. And he's from Nebraska. He's a Nebraska guy. He has 90s values. It's the only reason. He's I, a Tom Osborne and everything, you know, prodigy. Everything you're yeah. saying, Kyle, is exactly how majority of the fan base is. Er, er, Jared and I are are in the minority of saying what we are saying. So we, we're, you're it's right. like 70, 30. It's, you're, you have more people that are going to be backing what you're saying than what we're saying. But at some point, like I said, if, if any other guy was the head coach of Nebraska, he would have been gone probably before this year. And I don't think anybody's arguing that I, I really don't. So I guess I don't understand why Scott Frost is getting an extra pass when the red flags of this team are all Scott Frost problem. The offense is all Scott Frost. The quarterback is all on Scott Frost. The special teams, he had a choice before the season to hire a full-time assistant. He did not. Right. That is all on Scott Frost. So every move that he has made has came back down to being on him. If Trev Alberts wasn't the AD, I don't I mean, I don't know if you see these changes being made. It's, this is the fourth year and it's taken him this long to realize that gosh, something's not working. Well, are you sure? Because, like he just said, we've been through three offensive coordinators now. Well, two. We're coming on to our third. So he's noticed throughout his tenure here that things aren't working. So he's made changes. Um, and we've said yeah. we've seen him changing his schemes. We've seen him changing for the Big Ten, and that is why the only reason that I'm saying the one year we've seen progress. We've seen him changing. We've seen him changing his personnel. You walk into the fifth year and say he brings in an offensive coordinator that knows Big Ten football. God, I hope knows so. Knows Big Ten offenses. I swear to God, if I read in the Twitter sphere in a week that says they're bringing in some guy from like Oregon, another UCLA or some shit, right. I'm going to lose my mind. If they doesn't bring in somebody that understands Big Ten football, the offense, what it takes to win in the Big Ten – then, I mean, you obviously have an issue right then and there. Right. But all I'm saying is that we've we've been watching this development of Scott Frost over his tenure here at Nebraska. We've seen him change everything, that, and we've talked about it. So this last year, you've got one final shot, and that is what this reconfigured contract is. I'm not okay with three wins. I hope no one is okay with three wins. The final year is is a gift, and it is basically just seeing – it's Trev Albert saying, like, this is your last shot. Go make it happen or you're out. I'm just afraid that next year there's just going to be a new set of excuses. I'm just going to run it back with a 4 or 5 win team. And it's just going to be a cycle. And then, you know, eventually you will make the change. Well, and I you know? think I think you don't restructure the contract if, if there isn't a stipulation on it. Like, hey, you have to win... I think, honestly, he has to win at least seven games next but year. But Trev said himself, he's not a numbers, he's not a, I'm not going to demand this okay. many, this many, this many. You can say a lot of things <laughs> yeah, to I mean, the public eye, but you know those conversations behind closed doors well, probably weren't very easy. Like Trev isn't like, oh, Scott, come on, buddy. Like, <laughs> Come on, buddy. It's okay that you win three and nine. It's okay. What we're going to do is make sure that Nebraska has more money, so we're going to restructure so we can give you some more time. No, that's not what we're doing. Trev went in there, and he's a he's a guy that makes tough decisions. So Trev had this discussion with Scott and said, dude, you're not happy. I'm not happy. Things got to change. I, I want to keep you. You played a great game against Ohio State. And that game against Ohio State is the reason this thing came out today. We talked about it last week. It, it came helped. out because Scott Frost did not get embarrassed on a big stage and arguably had a chance to win the game. Did he win? No. He hasn't won any close games in his entire tenure at Nebraska. So, and that's one thing that I, I, I want to talk about as well is everybody's just looking at this year and all the close losses. He's been doing that since he got here at Nebraska. He's been losing games. It's four years. Score. It's four years of evidence. It's not just this year. Yeah, it's it's right. People have recency bias where it's like, oh, I know, but it was so close against this year. But it's been close all four years. You think that it would have clicked in year two when he said 
it should have clicked in year two. You think it could have clicked in year three? Right. You're supposed to be seeing all these close things in year two, not year four. Year four is supposed to be the boom. The flip gets switched. Yep. You know, it's not a three and nine and oh gosh, you know, you went to Michigan State and you almost won. Should have should have won that game. You know, Purdue can beat them, but we can't. But yeah, this is an this is an exhausting time for Nebraska football. Oh yeah, because even we're sitting here like screaming at each other in the no block no rock studios because that's the problem is that we're you've got seventy percent of the people that say oh no we just love our guy Scott Frost and we've got thirty percent of the people like Jared said that are like no dude just get him out rip the bandaid off and go. Mm -hmm. All in all, at the end of the day, all we have are wins and losses, and all we have are opinions. Outside of Memorial Stadium, Trev Alberts sees something. Trev Alberts is behind the door, the closed doors. The people working, the all the boosters, the meetings, whatever goes on behind closed doors, mm-hmm. they are seeing something. Hopefully, that maybe thirty percent are not, or that seventy percent uh, are are seeing. I don't know. I'm just saying. All we have are opinions, wins, and losses. Right now, the wins and losses are are beating the opinions by quite a bit. Yeah. Well, for the thirty percent, that's what I mean. That's what I'm looking at, or the the W's and the L's. Yeah. And some people will be like, "Oh, you can't do that because you know you saw progress and all that." And it's like, it'd be at progress the end if of the day. Like, what? What are we talking? Pee wee? Is this what kind of? This is big boy. Yeah. Isn't it? Like I, if this was the SEC, Frost is out on his ass before COVID. But had Ordron just won a freaking natty and he's gone. I just. Some of the discussions that I see, and I know Twitter, blah, 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 it's a it's a freaking cesspool, but it's just like Nebraska has a on their uniform a little patch that says a winning tradition. I've got it tattooed on my chest. I mean it says winning for a reason. Yeah. They're they're top ten in wins of all time. They were the most winningest program from the seventies on. You win national championships by winning games, not by losing by three. It's just you can't just go by W's and L's. It's like, I literally can. That's why Nebraska is a blue blood program because of the W's and because of the patch. Doesn't the patch mean anything? Nope. What, we have to change it. Either take it off or change it. Yeah. Because our standards are much different than they used to be. It should just say moral victory U on it. And that's what it should say because. A linning tradition. Yeah. Linning. Linning. We've been the linning. That's winning, but without the W with the L. Yeah, a lending tradition, moral victories. It's, it's just, uh, I don't know. I think it's revealing that a lot of people, cl- they're. Cl- I think Mike said it. I think people are clinging onto the the image of Frost, and he's the last kind of uh, vestige of a bygone era. And people are afraid to be. They're afraid to admit that the experiment didn't work. They're they're admit to, we all wanted it. We all said this was the last hope, but it's not it's not working and people are they're afraid to let go. Yeah. And I and I say why are we delaying the inevitable? Because in my opinion, I don't think he's a power 5 head coach. And in with, my opinion. And with that being said, we're still going to be sipping sipping some Kool-Aid next year getting ready and getting you guys all ready for all these games. We're we're not at any point going to not root for Scott Frost. Like I, I, we want him to be successful. It's just, and this is what I've said this on Twitter five times now. Hmm. You can be a fan of a, of a school, a fan of a program and still be critical of them. I think that's the best type of fan that you're not sitting there being okay with losing. Okay. You can challenge what, what happened, what play calls were made, what's going on at the, the place that you support the most. So, yes, we can be critical, but still be fans. Jared and I are going to go sit and probably freeze our asses off in Wisconsin in, in two weeks. And guess what? We're going to get eggs thrown at us. We might get eggs thrown at us. Oh, well. <laughs> but let's take a second. Let's talk about our sponsor really quick. Mike, what are you, what are you drinking over there? I'm drinking this s'mores beer, boy. Ooh, because, so am I. Because <laughs> it is good <laughs> stuff, man. Yeah, it's it's getting a little cooler outside. And uh, I, I got to hold on to the s'mores. I can't let it go. I can't let go of the... The summer slash fall vibes yep. that are that are going to go away very soon. Yep. So give me s'mores. Give me s'mores. It's canned. Six pack cans from Nebraska Brewing Company. 
Go to the tap room, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. Go to your local Hy-Vee, pick it up there. Kyle, what you got? What you got over there? I'm uh, drinking the Ale Storm, which is, I, I brought this up last time. But now I've got a can in front of me, so I can read to you the description of this thing. And it says, the pastime of baseball is perfectly suited to an exciting day in the stands with a wonderfully created and equally flavorful craft beer. Beautifully golden and rich in both aromatics and flavor. Low hot bitterness allows the malt to shine through, resulting in a truly enjoyable and refreshing ale. Wow, that's like an audio book. Yeah. <laughs> You guys asleep yet? And that <laughs> and that beer is brewed specifically for the Storm Chasers. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that's Pretty that's cool. some triple A level beer right there. <laughs> Just give me s'mores as I think that's his big league. That's right here. big league shit right yeah. there, boy. They gotta get that call up real quick. You know what I'm saying? Uh but yeah, guys, I mean look, we're not a, we're not at the tap room today, but we we would be if not for extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Thank you, Nebraska Brewing Company, for supplying us with these refreshments. And like they always say, world class in every glass. Coming back from the uh, Nebraska Brewing Company break, um, you know, Trev Halberts has his little radio show. I think he's doing it like as we speak. So some some specifics coming out about the buyout going from 15 to seven and a half. Yes. So just cutting it in half. So because it, it would be, it was 20 if we fired him this year. Yeah. So next year, since he has a $5 million salary, it would have been 15. Okay. But he, Scott Frost, is betting on himself. Okay. He said betting specifically to Trev that he's betting on himself with this restructured contract. Okay. And I imagine it's very incentive-based. Obviously, the details aren't out on that yet. But I think when someone is betting on themselves and taking money out of their own pocket, I think they have the ability to still get that money, but it's going to be heavily incentive-based. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? You would... I mean, you would think... I mean, I don't know Harbaugh's specifics, but I think his was also incentive-based. Um, hey Scott, every one score loss, it's going to be five hundred thousand dollars. Keep it close. I'm joking, <laughs> <No>. obviously. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but yeah. So it was also revealed that you know Frost, he made these changes on his own volition. Yep. Right. It, supposedly, Trev didn't, you know, hold a thumb over his head or a guillotine over his head and say you must make these changes or else. Yep. That's that's what he also said. So he's betting on himself. He made these changes himself, um, taking the buyout without a gun to his head. I mean, look, sounds encouraging to me. Yeah. Um, you know, what are what are we expecting for next year? Uh, look, of course, I would love to make a bowl. If he does better, I think that's that's just extra icing on the cake. I just I think where this program is at, I can't I can't make that leap to eight or nine. Because they haven't shown it yet, so I, I'm I'm just not there yet. I'm bowl. I'm Duke's Mayo Bowl next year, just like I was this past year. <laughs> so <laughs> my expectations are the same in year five, even though they should be better. You're gonna have a new quarterback. I don't know. Maybe transfer Logan. Logan must be not very good. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll be Spencer in the Rattler. <laughs> Uh, that would be, I mean, I'd be fine with Spencer Rattler, the quarterback. I'm not cool with Spencer Rattler, the person. Sure. No, yeah. But I think maybe we could – we'll do that next week. We're, we're okay. going to go into potential fits. Okay. And maybe by next week we'll know who our offensive coordinator is going to be. Sure. I think a lot of the success of this program is going to be based on who Scott brings around him. I think a good, a good head coach is only as good as his staff. I think right. it was his decision, and, and this is – this is something I I think Scott is learning, and and I'm not you know I we've been bashing Scott Scott for a while this last hour, you know beating him into the the ground. Okay, let me oh. let me give you a little bit about this. Scott is growing, like Kyle said, like we've said in, in um, on numerous episodes. Scott Scott is growing. I think now we've got to the point where Scott is saying, "I'm going to bet on myself. I know I can do better, but it's going to take better guys around me. The guys I had around me now." We're very, we're very elementary. I would assume that that means that if he brings it in an OC, he will no longer be calling the plays because I think that is the next step for him. It is going to get his hands out of that cookie jar, get somebody else to do that so he can actually be the CEO, the, the head coach, and, and actually take that next step as a head coach. 
I will say the next quarterback that they bring in, if it's a transfer, I think that'll be very revealing. Yes. Towards what kind of like if you bring in Rattler, I will be concerned because I, that that's still sticking with that offense, UCF, Oregon ish yes. that I don't want them to run. So if they bring in Rattler, I'm going to be I'll be worried. If they bring in Graham Mertz, I'll be I'll be more <laughs> encouraged than if they no. bring in Rattler. Yes, I will because no. you know what that means they're emphasizing. Running the football in the Big Ten, which I will always prefer, over Rattler flinging the ball around like it's UCF and Oregon. A name that would be in the middle of both of those two names that is out there that our staff is following on social media Uh-oh. is Miles Brennan. He was the quarterback at LSU. He okay. has he is a grad, he'd be a grad transfer, has one year left of eligibility. He could be that merger between you know, quarterbacks between if Smothers decides to stay or if uh, Harburg wants to be involved. I think he could be that merging quarterback between the Martinez and this future style of offense. As long as he can be a game manager that you're not putting all the eggs in the basket of, you're not depending on him to do everything for you. Yeah, sure. Hey, hand the ball off to Ramir, who's looking more and more like a Big Ten back. I mean, yeah, I mean he's getting injured, though. That's the, That's the concern. Sometimes he just kind of gets injured, and then some guy comes in, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's my qualm with Ryan Held. It's just there's no rhyme or reason behind the running back room. But I know we're past that. Sorry. We're past that. Okay. And yeah. and the thing is, is all these new staff members, you're seeing Ramir now. You might not see Ramir in this next offense. You might not. A lot of these names, a lot of guys, there is going to be a lot of shakeup on this roster. And I fully expect Scott Frost to bring in lots of transfers. Because he's not recruiting. We've said this. He's not recruiting at a high level right now in the West at all. And he's only bringing in so many guys because he's saving so many rooms and so many spots for transfers. And transfers are the new era of college football. I think with this one-time transfer rule, they can help you immediately in certain positions. I think quarterback obviously being one. I don't think we need a running back, but maybe a running back. I think you're going to need a pass rusher. Go find a pass rusher. You're going to need a tackle. For God's sakes, Bryce Benhart is not a tackle. He 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 cannot play the position. Maybe with some good tutelage with this next offensive line coach, maybe he could be live up to his potential. But a lot of stuff's going to change, and we are we're going to have so much stuff to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just another one of my concerns on this list. Is in year four, it shouldn't be transfer train. It, like you should have had something built up by now. Yeah. You shouldn't be. Heavily in the transfer portal. You should be having dudes developed and ready to go. But on the flip side, though, it's it's a different time. I know. You're, I getting, know. you're getting guys that are going to be like sophomores or freshmen that are still developed, but they're not seeing the playing field. You know, So I think it, it's a weird way to look at it, right. but it's just another form of recruiting. You're just not – you're not going to save – as many spots for high schoolers, you're going to get those guys that are have already been in college football. And you're still going to get those freshmen and sophomore and juniors. It's not like it was before where you're only getting juniors and seniors. Right. Sorry. I feel you. I feel you. Um, I mean, look, from what we've heard from Trev tonight, look, man, I want nothing more than Scott to change his philosophy and win eight, nine games next year and stick around, dude. That's what I want. It says winning tradition for a reason on the patch. You know? It's all I want, dude. Yeah. I I personally I can't I can't imagine next year if you don't seven at the bare minimum. Seven is the bare, number. Bare yep. minimum. If you don't get there next year, I mean you are one hundred percent gone. And then you start over. And then you start and then you over. try to find the next one. Yeah. And you Damn keep it. doing it and keep and you doing keep it. Keep doing it. <laughs> but I think we've talked enough tonight. Well look, and being we've, we've screamed enough tonight. We're yeah. all just Yeah, yeah guess what? Is, but guess is, what? This is Twitter in a room right now. <laughs> but you know what? NBNR doesn't give up. We keep going. Damn That's it. Right. We try to find the next good episode to do. Sometimes we don't find it. Then you just got to keep going until you find the. All right. Um, thank you once again, uh, Nebraska Brewing Company, for providing us with some refreshments. Go visit their tap room, like I said, in La Vista. Our website, nbnrpodcast.com, has merch on it. Past episodes, if you want to listen to us, please listen to us. Um, sp- speaking of listening to us, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your 
podcast. Give us a five-star review. Give us a listen, a download, all that good stuff. What do you say, guys? Sign off? Bye week. Bye week. Bye week. Next week, we'll we'll hit you with some more stuff. We'll probably okay. know some more about the the coaching staff situation. We'll give our opinions. We'll give your opinions, and yeah. we'll we'll try to be. Uh, That's all we do. We'll try to be less negative. Uh, I think <laughs> any of these last couple of weeks have been pretty uh, pretty tough. Yeah. Not only on us, but on everybody. So yeah, it'll man. be uh, it'll be nice to get you guys ready for Wisconsin. Get me and Jared ready to hit the road uh, for for that game. Wear our egg proof jackets. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Mike Delaware, and Kyle Byers. As always, win the bye week in GBR.